Hey, Tomorrow listeners, this is Ryan. I'm just dropping in here to let you know that this episode features a discussion about the rise of domestic terrorism, but that it was recorded before the recent violence in Pittsburgh. We still really feel that our discussion of the topic is relevant to the current climate, and we hope that these recent events drive us all to further action preventing tragedies like this. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss face suckers, $69 million, and composting. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we did it. We we barely made it through. I mean, you're who knows? We don't. The week's not out, and you might not make it. But so yeah, far, I'm really I'm really struggling this week. Um, we've had a really. It's been a crazy week in news. A crazy week in America. Um, and it's dark. It's dark, and hell is hot. And things are pretty bad. My, so you're gonna hear some beeping here. I'm just turning down my uh, uh, HVAC system. A split system, so it doesn't get too noisy. Yeah, a little, a little revealing. We're d- again doing a remote episode because remote. you went from being you're sick, sick to me being yeah. very sick. I mean, I think you would, you could make an argument that I caused you to be ill, but I don't know. We don't have evidence. Should we talk about? Should we talk about the big news this week? I mean, we got to talk about the biggest story at the top. Um, an insane Florida man was mailing everybody bombs. So I think let's let's get a little more detail on that. Uh, a guy named Caesar Altieri Sayek Jr. I'm sure I got some of that wrong. Um, what sent bombs allegedly sent bombs to George Soros, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, uh, Robert De Niro, Cory Booker. Uh, I think it was one today. Uh, CNN, a handful. Uh, basically, all the th- all the people that Trump talks about. Um, being part of a global conspiracy. Um, this guy's a full-on MAGA, hardcore, right-wing, intense Trump stan slash fanboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and has a, they've now shown in the news, his his van, he's a van that he's been driving around and that has literally like uh, bullseyes on people's heads, like people like Hillary Clinton and Michael Moore and all, you know, Usual suspects. I mean, he was like a fully. I mean, this guy's obviously out of his fucking mind, but he's completely has completely. I mean, I would say this is a great example of a person who is has most likely been radicalized by Donald Trump's violent uh, rhetoric. I, I mean, mean, this is the ultimate hard, result of what we've been talking about, which was that this was going to yeah. happen. Yeah, it's hard not to see a clear line between Donald Trump saying uh, the press is the enemy of the people and George Soros is behind all this stuff and his sons tweeting fucking conspiracy theory shit and his all the people around him being conspiracy theorists and and this, which is like people lose their shit. People who are already disturbed lose their fucking minds and send mail bombs to people like this is not happening there are no, there are no, there are, there is no democrat. There are no. I mean, I'm not gonna say there are none, but what we see is like the Dylan roofs of the world, a radicalized, um, 
right wing, you know, uh, person. Now, what's interesting about this guy is he's he's Native American. Uh, I understand was my understanding. So, like, you expect this to be like a some kind of like just straight up white dude from Florida. I don't know about his background at all. I don't know about his his heritage. I'm not. I, but my I saw a report or read something that he is uh, Native American. Uh, he he has like um Native Americans for Trump sticker or poster that he was holding up. Um, and so anyhow, it's interesting. You would think that that would not be a group. There would not be a lot of people in that group who are like pro Trump. So I would say this dude's an anomaly. But the long and short of it is, he's a full on MAGA dude. And all of the and all of the Republicans all week have been. I mean, literally, the Republicans have been like, "This is a false flag. This is oh, what the, I mean, I mean uh, what the." The whole like the I mean, someone today was tweeting like that car is so like it's too perfect. It looks a little Hollywood yeah. to me. Like, can you yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. off? Yeah. Like like Candace, Candace Owens um, tweeted and then deleted a, a full on conspiracy tweet. Um, you know, again, these people are fucking dangerous. Like they're when dangerous. Your ideology comes from hate and fear and a disregard for like facts or um, human rights. Uh, when all of that is like the baseline of what you're working towards, like, of course, the result is like terrorists. Of course, the result is mailing bombs to people. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You're, you're declaring journalism the enemy of humanity. Like, what, what did yeah. you think the ultimate effect of that was going to be when you've collected together the most terrified, hateful people with with like a disregard for basic facts? Of course, you're going to get mentally ill, violent people. Yeah, I think on what you said. I think it's. I think it's. Um. Uh. I just want to see what the stories you're saying right now. Just. I think it's. Um. You know. I think it's. It's clear that that this is. This is a trend that has been growing in this country since Obama became president, where there's this radical right, um, and now the radical right wing has been more is increasingly adopted by what was previously there was kind of a a, a wall, right? There was like no pun intended, but there was like kind of a firewall. Like there were these kind of centrist, classic conservative right-wing people who fought off things like the Tea Party or at least fought, you know, like McCain might be, a, you could one of these people, but he sucks too. But like he's less sucky. Well, than, they, they, than, they had dog whistles in their hands and when Trump dropped his dog whistle and gave everybody else permission to try to do that. And by doing that, he got the support of the worst among them. And there's no going back from that. He made a deal with the devil. And like, that's, you know. Well, I, yeah, I mean, he made a deal with the devil because he's like in league with the devil. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, devil doesn't exist, but he's a bad person. He's a bad guy. And the point is, yeah, this has just been a growing trend. You know, this is like the people with guns at the Sarah Palin rallies and the fucking monkey, you know, the the, the monkey fucking um, uh, stuffed animals that people were carrying around, you know, leading to the birtherism stuff, which is all Trump, you know, Trump was supporting and backing and talking about forever. This whole thing is like, you know, it is like it's it's these are not normal things like in no sense of 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 the word normal do any of these things no 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 definition of it do any of do any of these thoughts or activities fall like what trump talks about most of the time is fucking abnormal like what his supporters champion is abnormal like the way trump talks about the caravan or anything is like it's not there's no appreciation for humanity in that conversation and so these people are obviously becoming increasingly 
radical and radicalized. And I would say that, you know, we, we have an actual like problem in this country now. Like we have a, a proper, and we've had it for a while, you know, we have but proper American terrorists and, um, and they are mostly the vast majority, 99 fucking percent are coming from uh, a right wing worldview, which is anti-immigrant, anti-brown people, anti-LGBT, you know, Q and beyond. Like uh, the, the, they're just anti-progressiveness in any form. And they're, so they're retrograde thinkers. They want a world that looks like some fucking world from the 1950s. And at this point, it's clear that they'll kill or maybe die to get it. And that's fucking scary. It just seems that it's not, it comes from a place of other people aren't human at a certain point. Like if they're brown or if they have a different identity than you or make different choices or do different things with their lives, like that is a point at which you're no longer like a human being like worthy of um, basic, like not even just rights, but like consideration or understanding. Like when you, when you've decided that groups of people aren't human beings and that they're ruining your life by existing, like what did, what did you think was going to happen? And it's really bizarre to see like the Candace Owens and whoever of the world, like try to circle their wagons in a way, because isn't this what you're like shooting for? I don't understand what you're shooting for. If it's not this, like yeah. you hate journalists. You, this is, why isn't this what you wanted? This is exactly this, what you want. I mean, this you've is, been calling for it's, it's, it's the, well, of course now they don't want to be responsible because it, this clearly looks bad. You know, this looks, this is not random. This looks very bad. And I think that of course, Candace Owens wants this to happen to some degree. And Trump wants it to happen. What does Trump think is going to happen? I mean, I don't know that he thinks that much, to be honest with you. I don't know that he contemplates his words that much. Um, I think he has a sort of a a diarrhea of the mouth that he has no control over. But it's not that – I mean, do do I think Candace Owens or Donald Trump wants um, journalists to be killed? I I mean, I think that if you ask them point blank, they – even in private, I think they would say, no, of course not. But I do think they they um, have no appreciation for how damaging their words are to people who aren't playing a media game because that's what they're yeah, doing. But I'm, but I'm also just like sick of the like cagey like I don't want trans people to die. I just want to take away their ability to not be in situations where they could get murdered. And then, you know, they're the number one most murdered group in the country. And if that doesn't help them, oh, well, like you, you're saying you want trans people to die. Uh, this is, uh, of course, I'm talking about that they want to take away the Title IX. Um, uh, well, that's uh, different. That's a little different. I that's don't think real. It's that's a, I, no, it's I think different. We're just part it's of not, a whole it's not rhetoric. It's not rhetoric. It's it's that's law. I mean, they're, the, the, the different. I mean, that's that is. Oh, I believe for sure that that people like Trump and the Republicans want to erase the concept of of trans people and trans identity because it is a threat to um, their the, the 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 their like um, you know it's a threat to their like very linear and binary idea of what life is supposed to be like. And they, their fucking, you know, brains can't really can't imagine a world that doesn't fit into their, like I said, this like 1950s model of like the, the woman's at home cooking food and doing the dishes and the man's out, you know, it's like Trump's background is like, Melania is a great example of the kind of relationship he wants, you know? It's like but how a trof- can your brain just be like, something gives me the oogie boogies and I don't understand it. So, you know, I hope they all die. Like, can you fuck off? I can't. I don't think that, they, I, I don't I think don't, it goes, I don't, I think it's like, please, it's like, don't, it's not like die, it's like disappear. I think, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not trying to say these people are good. I'm not saying they're like, I want all trans people to die. They just have no idea what the ramifications of their actions are and they don't care. 
But that, you know, to me, it's like half a dozen and, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I, I, I to me, at this point, like, I, I just, I feel under threat and I constantly, uh, feel like I I feel like I'm being gaslit because you see these quote unquote conservative voices like Tucker Carlson being like how did our country get so divided like have you seen your fucking television show I, like I don't understand Oh yeah no that shit's the craziest when the, the victim the victimized republicans um like the the people who are like I know Tucker Carlson was saying about how like he's never seen people so abused as the white midwesterners it's like what the fuck are you talking about? Like literally what you're saying is could only exist in a fantasy world where you have no awareness of what has happened to minorities in this country since the dawn of the, since the inception of this country, you know? And it's like, it, it, it's, it's truly, I mean, it, it is impressive. Like, like I'll say this, the, the, the bill that, I mean, the fact that they're trying to, for no, for apropos of nothing, define gender in this very strict binary legal sense is um you know it's either it's either to me like oh like much of what they do there's some kind of weird attempt to to change a conversation that they don't like like they don't really want to do it or care about it that much but they know it'll it'll get people upset and they want that conversation instead of the one about how the republicans are doing really poorly in a lot of these polls and how Trump is doing really poorly and how, you know, he's a fucking criminal or it's like, they really have malice that I don't, and I don't understand the root of the malice. Like I can't even get in touch with it. Like, I don't know what it feels like to feel threatened by somebody else's gender identity. It's like, that is a feeling and an idea that is alien to me in every way. So like, you know, but then again, Jeff Sessions thinks that like weed is evil. You know, that's the kind of, that's the level of brain we're dealing with here. I just I I feel like I'm at a point where like (laughs) I just don't understand I don't I don't even think I understand like what their goals or what they want is like it just seems to they they want to be what they were five or ten years ago which is like a minority voice of uh, like a minority opinion who feels oppressed because they can't oppress other people like they're not there's no longer a boogeyman to defeat like they are in the full control of everything in this exact moment maybe not after the midterms we don't know but like they are in the full height of their powers and they don't seem to really know what they want or what to do with it because they're not used to actually getting what they want which is you want a violent overthrow of journalist establishments and you want to define people out of existence and like throw them to the winds and and roll back every basic human rights protection and like thing we've got. Okay. And when it starts happening, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure what they want at this point because then when this starts happening, they're like, oh, well, you know, uh, these attacks are, we truly, uh, violence is not a means through which, and our thoughts and our prayers. It's like, what do you want? Do you want this or do you not want this? Because I'm I'm just at a point frustrated wise of being like, am I going to be thrown into a concentration camp or are you just going to shut the fuck up? Because I feel like they're just so used to being in this position where they were, um, sidelined and told that they were hateful and and then they could turn around and say that we were ideological bigots because we didn't support white nationalism or whatever they're like not used to getting what they want so i i just don't i i really right. don't know like where we're going well, or where they well, want to go where we're going is, is i mean right now i mean right now where we're going is we're in a place with no where there's no checks you know like that's the that's the problem here it's okay to have crazies in the government 
as long as there are people there to check them and keep them under control. Like the crazies can be like, we want to introduce this legislation, but there should be normal people there who are like, actually, we're not going to do that. And we're going to vote that down because that's a stupid idea. Like, I don't know what part of the, I don't know where in the constituency, where the support is, frankly, for this gender defining uh, movement. Like, I don't believe that in a typical American, I would, I would venture to guess that the vast majority, whether they're right wing or left wing, are not sitting around thinking about, you know, we've got to define gender as a binary right now. Like, I just don't think that's an issue. So it's like, you've got some like crazy fucking people who are not now not checked. It's like the thing with getting Kavanaugh in the fucking Supreme Court. It's like, it, the thing about the Supreme Court is it's okay that they're going to be varying viewpoints. They're going to be more conservative. They're going to be more liberal. Okay, sure, I get it. Because that's the reality of the way brains work, I suppose. Or the way that humanity tends to arrange itself. More conservative, more liberal, more open, more closed, whatever. So they check each other and they balance each other. I don't think that there's... Uh, the conservative balance to me doesn't seem like it really offers much. It's like, in my lifetime, conservatives have never... and have never I've never seen them offer anything that seems to be geared towards or positive for humanity. Because I like, think we're I've at a never... point where things are so have been so shaped by conservatism, like our economy, our uh, basically every part of our political system, everything has been shaped towards this idea that like greed is good, free markets are amazing, we don't want to help anybody, everybody should be out for themselves. Like th this idea has fully permeated every part of our culture thanks to capitalism. But that counterbalance would work in a world where the government was too overreaching and there was a state-run right. no, uh, in, in, in situation other like, in, uh, like, like Soviet there... Union- you know, yeah, but there are many other countries where there is much more of a socialist sort of government um, uh, makeup and there's capitalism and it is not a complete disaster. The unchecked capital – I mean I don't – I'm not saying that capitalism is good because there are uh, – there is much of it that is bad. I think there are versions of it that can function, but not unchecked capitalism. Not cap – it has to be – there has to be a mixture – of socialism and capitalism. They have to live in some concert together because I think otherwise, if you can't check capitalism with kind of socialist distribution of wealth and regulation, you get into a place where it becomes so, the, the, the ruling class becomes, it becomes so lopsided and so much about who can create capital that you cannot have any sense of balance or any sense of fairness. And that's what America is right now. I mean, we have allowed even our Democrats are really not aligned with sort of the best parts of socialism. And I don't mean like we, I don't mean, I'm not talking about like a sweeping change of every aspect of our government or our way of life here, but there needs to be fucking regulation. It's like the internet thing, you know, it's like the shit with Facebook. It's like better regulation by smarter regulators, by people who understood how technology worked and, and were thinking about the people and how things uh, affect large groups of people, like they could have fixed a lot of these problems before they happen. But we don't have a system that believes in that. We have a system that believes in like free market, the free market will determine the the value or success of something. And it's like, well, free markets alone can't do that. I think that's... I mean, look at the climate. The, I mean, well, it's, it didn't happen. Like, because the well, value the climate, and success of the, the entire earth is more important than anything. And we but, haven't really but, rose to that occasion. So I guess it doesn't work. But the, That's right. But the thing, but the thing is, the thing that, that it's really a motherfucker is that, you know, you, 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 you can't, because it's like, because there is no, there are many answers to solving that problem. 
it's easy for someone to go, well, there's no answers, you know? Or like, well, we don't really know what's going to, like, you could even go, like, I agree climate change is real. But then you can go, well, we don't really know how to fix it. Or, well, it doesn't matter if we fix it. And there's so many ways to wiggle out of that shit. It's not just, I'm just saying it's not just capitalism. It's also the fact that we have pretty unintelligent people governing and um, pretty uninformed people governing for the most part. I mean, you watched the Kavanaugh hearing, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like, you heard the questions they were asking this guy, you know? I mean, they weren't intelligent questions. No. They weren't smart. There weren't like smart people talking. And probably Even the Democrats, intentionally so. Even the Democrats didn't sound like really insightful. Some of them did. A few. Because we have it's, a system that's set up to give people power who are really good at getting power. We don't have a system that's set right. up to give like the most useful person or the most intelligent person uh, power. And I think that's because we have we don't educate the public. We don't have people don't have the time to take in all the information about every election. Uh, there's an enormous voter suppression. And we're at a point now where basically the people who want power the most have gotten all of it. And their goals, their their methods for getting there don't lend themselves to actually accomplishing goals now. So now that they have everything they could ever want, they don't actually know what to do with any of it. And it's, I mean, you just have a population at this point that is so uneducated and p- probably deeply mentally ill and uh, and frustrated and confused. And so you have fucking domestic terrorists and you have people calling to define whole groups of people out of existence just as a sideshow. Like, it, 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 I don't, I know that this show and us talking every week seems to get darker and darker, but it, yes. like we have to vote at the midterms. Like we have to turn this around. I mean, or that's it. I don't, I don't that's, know what we're doing. That's it. I mean, that to my greatest fear is like, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, we, we got this. It's, you know, they're saying 85%. No, get the we house. can't talk like and this. I, yes. And this is exactly what I said. I was like, that is some, that's some Hillary Clinton shit. Like that's the, you know, she's going to win. What does it matter? Like the most important thing, that can happen here. The most important thing is that literally young voters, Democratic voters come out in fucking droves. It needs to be overwhelming. And I'm hoping and praying, I'm really hoping and praying that like, how could the last couple of years not have had an impact on you? Watching what has happened here, how could you not be scared to death about the future where you're not, where your voice and your you know, your life is not included in that future. Like, I can't imagine that we are not going to see a turnout, but you have to, you cannot think for a second that like we've got something in the bag, you know? But you know what scares me? People have to vote. What scares me though is, I mean, I was just looking at this on Twitter right before we started talking, which is the voter suppression and the flat out like open bald face cheating that seems to be happening in Texas and Georgia. Like that kind of stuff. I don't know what to do to counter that. Like, I'm not prepared for a situation in which, like, even voting will no longer matter less or even less than it does now for the most part. Like, I I don't even know how to, like, broach a story that's like, voting machines have been hacked and the government doesn't want to fix them. You're like, what? Right. Like, like yeah, oh, mean, like. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's scary. I mean, the only thing, I think the only thing that can matter is where it's, like, so overwhelming, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it needs to be where it's where it's so overwhelming that that it you, it doesn't matter if like there's there's tampering because it's like you know it needs to be like sixty percent of the people voted for this candidate so you're not like sixty I mean he won by you know sixty percent of the vote or something like it can't be the kind of thing where it's like every race is fifty fifty and we have to decide by a hundred votes you know and I don't believe that this country is 
I, there's no indication. I mean, remember, three million more people voted for Hillary Clinton than Trump in the who voted. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I do, I do believe people. that the vast majority of people fucking don't hate Trump and do not support his ideas. I'm just worried I that it doesn't matter. Well, it just matters with who votes. I mean, that's the thing. I, I actually believe that a lot of Republicans are also like, man, I fucking hate this guy at this point. Yeah. I mean, you've got to not be having warm feelings. You've got to be like a hardcore Trump person at this point to be like, yeah, I like this. Like, what's there to like? Yeah. You know? It well, sucks. do you think Anyhow, he, all right, let's, do you think he benefits from okay, so the, also this week the whole yeah, Megan Kelly wait, defending blackface scenario. Oh man, uh, Megan Kelly. Okay, here's the thing. Megan Kelly, I'm sorry. Do you <clears> think that benefits him though because watching that story I thought the whole time first off, what she cuz she went on uh, uh Megan Kelly today yeah, for an hour like, and said that blackface yeah. isn't that big of a deal and that they did She's it like, on real house yeah. live, so who cares? And I have to say great defense, solid defense. Yeah. Of the things done on Real Housewives, <laughs> we can't allow any of it. Um, first off, as, an, yeah, as a Real Housewives that is a, historian. That is such a bad um, it is such a bad uh like metric for uh what your what behavior is. Like, well, I, they did it on that reality show where people throw wine in each other's faces. It's like, okay. I, I have to say, good. though, like, I, I feel like it was a calculated move on her part because her ratings were tanking and she wanted a little of that white power viewership and she wanted to be in the no. news for a day. And I no. think she really stepped in it on that. purpose and she overreached. I kind of feel that way. And I wonder if this no. benefits Trump. Does he love this? I, I think this is – listen, I think that's some fucking 4D chess shit. Although I will say this, man. She's a calculated person. When she brought Bobby Finger on and had him and like harangued him in front of her audience for making fun of her on Jezebel, whoa, whoa, whoa. I Ma- thought. Wait, wait, wait. Megan Kelly had Bobby Finger on? Oh, yeah. Bobby Finger was doing a series called Megan Kelly Today Today, where he Did would, I miss this? Oh, I remember this. Yes. He would yes, recap yes. everything that happened on her show and why it was yeah. terrible. So she brought him, like, invited him, brought him on you the show. You never go in. You never go on. Tucker Carlson wanted to have mm. uh, somebody on one of our writers on nope. FB, when we wrote the thing about. Uh, climate change about how it should be a crime if you if you're in office and you deny that it's happening and you people die on your you know because of it um he wanted to have somebody come on we're like yeah dude we're not gonna fall for that shit nobody goes on tucker carlson and comes out looking good nobody except for like like two people who are like tucker you're being ridiculous or whatever but like that only gets you so well i get to yeah i guess it gets no we far, learned this like, way back with like the emily gould jimmy I mean, kimmel worked for worked for lauren duca so i mean but even though but like even then maybe but like also did it like why would you want to bring that target onto your own back i don't know i'll tell you what i don't want to the fucking right-wing people are out of their minds like i i'm i'm all about staying as far the fuck away from i still have fucking ben shapiro stands appearing in my fucking bench in in instagram who are like did you call ben shapiro a nazi it's like uh no but let's get the fuck out of my instagram comments you creep (laughs) motherfucker it's like it's like six months later you're still thinking about it like there's something fucking wrong with you or you're a bot. Like, I don't know. But they, the point they is – collect the, the worst of these people. So I, when I was watching the Megyn Kelly thing, I thought, like, is this going to play out in Trump's favor? And thankfully, the story has sort of fallen off It's not playing out in Trump's but... favor. Here's, the, here's whose favor it's playing out is Megyn Kelly's because she's going to get $69 fucking million dollars yep. for doing nothing. Yep. Honestly, if, if I was in a contract for – what is her contract? Like 10 years or something? Mm-hmm. And I knew I could – if they fired me for saying something rude on the air – that they would have to give me all the money, I would be I would be dropping the N-word immediately and just <laughs> bailing. I'd be gone. 
No, I wouldn't obviously do that. But I, I get it. Like, if you're Megan Kelly, who fucking cares? Yeah, if you're Megan Kelly and, like, it's like, clear she, nobody's ever going to like her show, you. Her show sucks. People don't like her. And no one's watching it. It's like, yeah, you take know a what? $69 million paycheck. Not even the most racist thing she's ever said. And she got her huge paycheck out of it. Like, she is a huge I'm sorry, monster, fuck, you know what? Fuck NBC. Fuck for fucking, fuck NBC for hiring her in the first place. They want to kowtow to these fucking uh, white right-wing conservative whatever it is wherever she came from fucking fox it's a cesspool nobody comes out of fox and is good i i I, I just think too like nbc just seems from everything i've seen and i have to say like i always dreamed of working there since i watched like must see tv i thought like oh, i mean there's good stuff on nbc it's not NBC. it's i mean it was it was good place. it was literally place on NBC. my dream job was to work at nbc one day like i loved nbc as a network i have to say though like i, I guess maybe it's a post zucker thing but like they tried to suppress the Ronan Farrow story. They hired Megyn Kelly, like, and the whole sort of network pivot towards, I, I, you know what? I'll bring it all around to this and say the whole network pivot post Trump, which was like, we'll bring in Roseanne. We'll bring in Megyn Kelly. Let's get conservative. That's what's cool now. Like, let's get alt right. I, I knew it was going to fail. I didn't want to have to go through the process of everybody being exposed to these horrible ideas and giving all these people paychecks to get there. But it seems at this point, that whole strategy has kind of failed, right? Like, the Roseanne thing fucking blew up in their face. Megyn Kelly's blown up in NBC's face. Like, it, it, it was only a matter of time. Fox is now completely separating from Fox News, like, corporate-wise. Like, yeah. at, at a certain point, like, I, these ideas were going to fail, right? I mean, maybe. I mean, like, hiring I mean, someone who gets attention because they tweet racist things when they're on Ambien to host your family sitcom wasn't gonna, like, be a sustainable model. I mean... Listen, I just watched episode two of The Connors, and I got to tell you, it's just getting better and better. <laughs> just better and better, okay? Um, look, let's just say that there's a lot of bad decision-making going on in the wake of, of Trump's win. I think a lot of there's a lot of confused people out there, and many of them work for major networks. Um, we got to talk about – can we talk about some other things because uh, – this shit's a real bummer. Yeah, I want to confront you about one thing, and then I want to um, agree with you oh on God. another thing. I have a lot. You published two hot I have a lot takes to talk this about. week, and I had the I'm gonna, flu. Is more, is more, yeah, there's more where that came from. I, yeah, I read I read both those pieces in between like bouts of vomiting gray goo and I thought to myself was like causing you to vomit. <laughs> I thought to myself, yep, like VR is dead um it, or it's dying. Um I still like it, but you're right, it's dying. No, I, it's fucking it's awesome, but like it's just like it just is not going to be a thing the way it has been rolled out, the way it's been supported. The the tech has not I mean it's come far but not that far from like where we saw it 5 years ago, you know? It's like it should be really miniaturized at this point. And like we got like the Oculus Go, which is a smartphone in a headset. Well, we've got a whole bunch of you know? um, like those creative MP3 players from 1999. Like we've got a whole bunch of those floating around and they're not yeah, really we got usable. A, PMPs. Yeah. And they're, or the they're PMPs before. But, they're, but, but no, no one's iPod. working on the iPod because there's no, in, there's no incentive. No one needs it. No one wants it. It's like what, like what is – what's the killer app for VR? No one has come up with it yet. I mean, there's. I mean, I can think of things I'd like games, to do in VR, but there's but... nothing I could tell my parents. Like, hey, check this out. The way that I did with the Wii. Well, forget about your parents. I mean, maybe it's. I mean, it's not even like your parents. It's more like casual gamers. Like, like, like is there Fortnite VR? Like, what has that happened? How come that hasn't happened? And we haven't really. Like, thought it probably wouldn't through... be good. 
the way it wouldn't be good because we haven't really thought through the fact that it's a completely different format. Like when I played Skyrim and Resident Evil, they were both very technically impressive. I was also like nauseous and had a headache 15 minutes in and John loves them and he plays them by like sitting on an ice pack with a fan blowing in his face and taking breaks every 45 minutes. It's how he has to play it because these games haven't been formatted for this new environment. Like they're just like really crappy slapdash thrown together versions of things. I mean, I just think, look, I'm a big fan of VR, but you got to read the writing on the wall here. It's not good. And I felt like as a person who's seen it from day one, I mean, literally we had the tape, the duct tape version of the Oculus Rift in our trailer at the, at the Verge in like 2012, or I think it was 2012, maybe it's 2013. Like we literally had like the duct tape version, you know, and the, you know, Brendan and people from the the company like hanging out while like everybody tried it. And I was like, holy shit, you know, but like it's 2012 maybe. But, but the, the shit is the is, same size and you still need it's, a $2,000 rig same. to do it. If you want to have the really killer experience, you need a huge rig. You, what you need, what I really want. This, I said the same thing for essentially the same thing for like when I was talking about Google Glass and the idea of like this kind of like ambient computing. It just needs to be something that is extremely simple just really like it's like wearing glasses you know even then there's no guarantee but but it's you're you're more likely to have it work and the trend even though phones have gotten slightly larger the general trend in technology has been i mean the successful stuff has been laptops that are thinner and smaller and have less ports like ipads phones apple watches sort of like cloud-based computing everything that makes it more less and less um uh, intrusive and bulky and makes it more casual and more part of like a naturalistic way of like living your life are the things that seem to really take off like Fitbit style stuff. All of that stuff seems to work because it seems so natural and easy to like just throw it into your everyday life. And then suddenly you've got a bag full of shit that needs to be charged. But like AirPods are wildly, wildly successful, not because they sound great or they have the most features or they're noise canceling. They're wildly successful because they're super tiny and there's no wire that gets caught on a cabinet while you walk by in the kitchen. Like that's the reason those are successful. And you right. look at VR right. and I like using my PSVR. I've uh, someone, a listener to the show recommended that I play Astrobot rescue mission on PSVR. I bought it. It was 40 bucks. It is a delightful, wonderful game. It is, it, it feel, it makes me think about like the first time I played Mario or like the first time I played crash bandicoot where I was like, this is a real step in a new direction and it's so exciting, but it's a beautiful game, but I can't play it for more than an hour at a time because there's a like a face hugger on me and I'm hot and I can't see anything and I don't know if I got a text message and did I hear a bump? Did someone knock on my door? Was that in the game? I don't know. Let me pop out the headphone. It's just not natural or comfortable and they haven't worked on making it more because they're not sure people want it. But if they, you know, there's no incentive. You're right. There's no incentive for them to like make it better, I guess, in the ways that yeah. it really needs to be better. It doesn't need to be well, higher resolution. It needs to be like not a hot plate on my face. Well, you need, and you need, um, you just need, yeah, I mean, you just need a reason, too. Like, I think that's the, it needs to be low barrier to entry and a good reason. And do you think that Apple's AR stuff is going to be that, like, they're they're playing with it on their phones and their tablets, and then they're going to come out with glasses. We all know that's inevitable. I think the question is, I think the question is, what is it for? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? What do they need? I mean, that was their problem with it? the Apple Watch is that we didn't know. they. We took them so long to figure out that we just wanted to see text messages and counter steps. Like, it took them so long I mean, to figure that out. 
Like, like I don't. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, do, do are we are people even using it for text messages? I mean, I mean, I guess you see them. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine, I guess. Like, how many people are really like exactly? It's good for oh the weather and like counting your steps and like oh I close the rings and whatever you know. It's like I just don't see. Yeah, people need to really think about why they're making this stuff. And I don't know what Apple's incentive is for for AR. It's cool. I mean, Google does some really cool AR stuff too. They both have cool AR things going on, but um, it's like, what is going to be the thing that... Yeah, I don't really care to shop for Ikea furniture through my phone. That's just not something I'm going to realistically be doing. I mean, I, it, it's, it's, I've tried that. It doesn't work that great. And even if it you did, an, you need a, even if it you, did, you, I want to go to Ikea and see it in person. It's a lot of money. I, I'm not going to sit in my apartment and be like, hmm, let me flick through these 1900 sofas. And, and like, it's just not right. It's not... I mean, yeah, you, you, you have to, you have to, yeah. I mean, it's just like... It works for directions. It works for Pokemon. It works for... Um, I mean, yeah, if I was I mean, cooking and I needed, I had the recipe in front of me and, and someone showing me how to, I could use the knife. And so I, I see a little model that's like, this is how you slice it. And I could just follow the easy instructions and say like next thing. And it comes up with that. Like that stuff would be nice. Uh, they haven't solved any of those problems. And I don't want to have to strap myself to a battery and a, and a VR rig to do that. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, maybe, maybe does Red Dead Redemption have a VR mode? Maybe that's going to be the... <laughs> Maybe we need something big enough. Have you played Red Dead Redemption yet? No, I haven't played it. I got it. I'm going to have to. Is it available now? I'm going to have to get it. I think Can you so. even download it? I think so. I don't even know. Would I like Dead it? Person. I guess I would. I'll probably enjoy it. Well, speaking they got, they of got, Apple and Google, you your other hot yeah. take this week was about um, their cameras. It's, let, me tell you, let me tell you the genesis of my thing about the, the thing I wrote about Apple, which was like actually um, – I was reading the uh, Verge review of the iPhone XR, and I'm like, man, these pictures are not good. And then I was like, well, you know what? I, I didn't get an XS, and I've been thinking about it, and I went and got one because I've been like toying with the idea of going back to the iPhone. And um, you know, it's like it's a great phone. It's a great iPhone. You know, it is. But it's like I I was testing the camera, and it's like it's not as good as the Pixel. It's not as good as the Pixel Three. It just isn't like I want it to be. I wanted it to be like, and there are places where it's really fucking good. Don't get me wrong. Like it's a very good phone uh, and a very good camera. But then I was kind of like, well, like what are the other things that like I do with my phone that, that the iPhone would do better? And there's only one thing I keep coming back. There's only one thing. And that thing is even, it isn't even like it does it better. It just does it differently, which is iMessage. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's no like technical reason why it's just a I trick. Mean, I mean, I, I mean, my mother was telling me about how she keeps putting things in junk in her junk folder in Apple Mail and like the things still keep coming. And it's like, that's weird. That indicates to me that Apple's doing a bad job at man- like managing people's junk mail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't have that problem. Like the Google shit works really well, you know? And like, there are just a bunch of places where, you know, Laura, like really dumb things. Like uh, there's an album that she bought on iTunes, which is no longer available. That we wanted, I think it's the original Annie record or some weird thing. And it's like, we wanted to play it for Zelda. She's like, well, I have these files, but I can't, she's like, I can't get them on my phone to play them. She's like, I downloaded the album, like the MP3s, but I can't get them on my phone to play them. You know, mm-hmm. like she has to like sync them or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, well, I'll just get downloaded from Dropbox, Dropbox and put them into my library on my phone like you can just do it i know that sounds dumb and nerdy but it like solved a problem i mean when i have to access music that isn't part of the apple music library it is 
it's not fun. It's not an easy thing to do, which is bizarre because this is the company that built their entire empire on like just download these MP3s and put them on your iPod and it's dead simple and like a baby can do it. Yeah, and so like here's the thing: the iPhone is is a wonderfully elegant device, but it as, is actually very inelegant in many ways. And increasingly, like its apps feel not just like disconnected from like the rest of the world, and they really are. Like Siri's ridiculous. Like I was like Siri, play Post Siri's Malone on Spotify. Mess. I was like, play Post Malone on Spotify, and she gave me like a a fake like documentary that's being made about Post Malone. It's available on the iTunes Store, and it was like, what is this? Like, what are you trying to do here for me? Like it's not even close to what I asked for. You know what I'm saying? And like things like that seem really dumb. Like a normal person might be like, I want to hear this music on this music app that I use. And your phone should be smart enough to be able to like put that together at this point. And it isn't. But instinctually, like the reason that Google can do all of this stuff and so well and so like seamlessly is because they've sucked up all of our data. And okay, so hold on. So that's this is so this is where I got. So I got the I got the thing I'm playing around with. Originally, I was going to kind of just write a thing about the camera. I was going to kind of be like, wow, I'm surprised. Like, and then I and then I was reading up on the the stuff that Tim Cook uh, talked about at this conference, which is very spot on. Like. I agree with him 100%, which is like we need to have better regulations and better rules about how these companies can use your data. That said, I don't feel abused by Google's use of my data. I really don't. And I I think I've talked about this before, but there's a real difference between what Facebook does and what Google does with my data, right? Now, do I get ads that are served to me that are like four things that I have looked at on the internet? Like, yes, that happens. That happens on Instagram too. It generally doesn't actually bother me that much. Like seeing an ad for something that I might want, and I have to say sometimes the guesses are pretty good, doesn't bother me that much. Um, Google has has uh, access, at least in my universe, Google has access to a lot of my personal data, photos and emails and all sorts of stuff. And I have seen no evidence and felt no evidence of its abuse of that data. Right. Like mm-hmm. I think they've been I think they've been very metered in their approach, at least from my personal experience, to how much that data is exposed, uh, uh, where that data lives, how much it's anonymized versus not anonymized, et cetera. I think they have a I, I'm sure there are some checks and balances that can be put into place that would like uh, close some loopholes that if I maybe knew about a little bit more, I wouldn't love. But the reality is, like my experience is they have been fairly responsible with my data. And so you get into this conversation, you get into this question about like, and, and beyond that, not just responsible, but but I've seen places in my daily life where their access to my data makes my life better and easier. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is the same thing that people who use Alexa see, um, and particularly people, you know, and people who are using the Google Home see. And and as we start to think about computing in this way, that it is not just a some static box you come to. But it is a thing that touches a lot of, I mean, this is the thing about technology. This is the change in technology that's happening is technology isn't a box you visit, you know, a screen here or a screen there. It is a thing that kind of is a part of what we do all the time, you know. Now, it, that may not be ideal for most people or all people, but it actually could be really fucking amazing, right? Like, there are ways that that can be implemented where it's amazing. The question is, are people going to do it responsibly? Yeah, which is what why really worries me is that we need regulation, we need transparency, we need like really ethical guidelines of how this is used, how it's anonymized, how data is like gotten rid of and forgotten. Um, but I worry that like we can't get the government to not do horrible like Nazi stuff. And I, I don't know that 
I want to put my faith into a company um, when there is no regulation or real oversight or like put my faith in that the EU will step in in some capacity. Well, who's the question is also who's regulating, right? Like if Trump, I'd rather live without good photos or good suggestions for my shopping habits than. Yeah, but it shouldn't be we shouldn't live in it. We shouldn't have to live in a world where your options are the government can, you know, go into your fucking email whenever they want or we don't you don't have your data isn't used in a way that is like there should be a middle ground there like i i I don't think i mean look it's very easy for if you want it's very easy you could i'm not by the way i'm not arguing for this i'm saying that we should have protections our data should have protections the government should have no access to that data and companies should be extremely responsible with and extremely um transparent about how and where and when and why the data is used right i'm and that's in the piece like Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not arguing for less regulation. I'm arguing for more, and I'm not arguing that what Tim Cook is saying is wrong. What I am saying is that there's a way to use that data that is beneficial to cons- to consumers and end users. Totally. And there are lots of places where that happens. It's just what we need some checks around it. So my point, my point about the piece, what happened, what what ended up happening was as I thought more and more about the things that I do on a device like the iPhone, which is its which is its flagship device, and increasingly as like the company kind of moves away from intelligently designing laptops that people actually want to use is like, that's the whole thing. That's the whole kit and caboodle for, for Apple. I just thought about how well much of it is just like, not that great. It just isn't that good. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't work that great. It's like, they do have, they do make nice hardware. They've incredibly, they make incredibly good Silicon. They have incredibly fast chips, but like, I don't feel that the iPhone is faster than my than my Pixel or faster than the Galaxy Note 9. It doesn't feel faster. I'm also sick of you being know? price gouged for stuff that doesn't feel faster. Like, yes, but, it, but, it really looks great, but like I, I don't want to pay fifteen hundred dollars for a phone because it's a little thinner. It's like let's think of it this way. People fucking love the Switch. The Switch is super underpowered compared to like a PlayStation 4 or a fucking um or a, a, a an Xbox or even I think the iPhone. Like but I didn't feel I'm not sure I didn't the, feel gouged for my 350 or 400. I forget what it was. PS4 Pro. I didn't feel gouged for that. I didn't feel gouged for my Switch. You don't feel gouged, but also it's the sum of its parts. It's not just the processor. Mm-hmm. It's not just the how you know. It's not just the technology that goes into the you know the etching of the the fucking bevels or whatever. It's like it's the whole thing, you know. And the whole thing has to feel better, and all of the parts have to connect up better, and it has to be like. I don't know, more thoughtfully made for consumers. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff like, like, like Laura and I were talking about notifications and like, she's like, oh, I don't even swipe down on the notification panel. Like, I think that Apple's made it such a bad experience for people that people have just abandoned it, you know? And, and I think like I live in notifications on the, on the, uh, on the pixel because they're so useful. And you know what I find myself turning to more than anything else is not my MacBook, my powerful MacBook or whatever. I don't find myself like booting up my gaming PC to get stuff done. What I actually find myself doing a lot of the time, I reach for my Kindle. I reach for my little dedicated, like, uh, I have a tiny like netbook that I use to type on because it keeps all the distractions away. I reach for my switch. I reach for, like, I use my Apple watch to check notifications and the time and the weather and occasionally ask Siri a question that is so basic because I know that she could answer like a math question, but that's it. Um, I turn to like Alexa. I don't turn to like these bigger solutions. And and so the overpowered thing where like their new iPad, I'm probably going to get one because I like drawing on it. But I, I really, it feels, I feel silly having now sold my iPad. I feel kind of silly thinking about that. I'm going to spend $500 for it to do something it could already do. And I don't need it to be so like wildly 
like insane processor in there. You know what I mean? Like a mobile yeah. processor yeah. doesn't need to do that for me. My Kindle is like the no, best uh, computing experience and it's five years old. I mean, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I increasingly, I mean, I think as people get more comfortable with technology, there is going to be less of a focus on that one thing and more. This is exactly what I'm saying about that distribution of things, you know, but like, I feel like, the distribution of things for Apple only works if everything is part of Apple's ecosystem, which I find to be frustrating and an extremely aggressive anti-user um, behavior for a company. You know, it is the same thing about you know the fact that you can't repair any of these products, which is true of all of these companies now. And and I understand like most people aren't going to repair their fucking phone, um, but the but the this idea that it's these closed systems and that, that the closed system isn't that good. Is the thing that bothers me. So anyhow, so so the whole thing, that that whole piece was like, well, I started with the camera, and I'm like, well, wow, the camera like isn't as good. Like that's fucking crazy. Apple used to be the king of cameras. Like I used to, I here's my cycle would always be this. I get the iPhone, like an Android phone would come out that I thought was pretty fucking cool. I'd get that. I'd use it for like a few weeks. The camera would annoy the shit out of me. I'd bail on it and go back to the iPhone because the camera was the best. And like, I think taking pictures is like, I don't know. Like, I mean, look at the rise of Instagram. I think for people, like for a lot of people capturing their life with their phone has become like a major part of how they like communicate with other people mm -hmm. and how they remember things and how they experience things. I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but it is what it is. And like, for, I have a kid, you know it's so important to have a camera that's good to take pictures of her. She does so much ridiculous stuff, like all the time, like outfits and like cute shit she's doing and like crazy new things she's learned at school. And like, you just want to have a memory of it. And I'm reaching for my camera, all my, for my phone all the time to capture that. And it's like, you know, it, it's crazy to me now that like Apple doesn't have the best thing for that, that it is like, you know, even little things like opening the camera on the iPhone takes longer. If I'm in an app, and I need to open the camera on the iPhone. I have to like swipe open the whatever the thing is called control panel, and then tap on a camera icon there, and that opens the camera on the on the Pixel. If you literally double tap the power button from wherever you are, it opens the camera no matter what you're doing. So it's like super fast. And when you have a kid, you like can't wait to capture a moment. So anyhow, the point is, so that was kind of like crazy. And then I was thinking about these how the rest of it is also sort of mediocre to me. And then I was like reading the Tim Cook and watching the Tim Cook thing and like agreeing with it, but then also going like, yeah, but also you guys are like, we have this incredible portrait mode and we put the second camera, like our hardware is so advanced. And it's like, well, Google did the same thing. That's like, often the results are better. Like, and it's all done in software. And part of the reason they're able to do this, because like they can analyze like all of these photos from these massive amounts of photography that they've got access to. And figure out like what makes a good picture and a bad picture and figure out how like that shit works, you know? And so there are like, and there are like, look, is it scary that they have access to that? Yeah. But if the data, if those, if those images are anonymized and being fed through a machine and not like, you know, it's not like somebody's like looking at your photos. I mean, maybe somebody is. I don't know. And you know what? I, don't, I actually, I don't keep my, I don't keep my porn in my, in my photos, my Google photos account. So I'm all, I'm all good there. I actually saw Laura tweeted something or posted something on Instagram about how she, um, how her phone camera wasn't good or her pictures weren't good or, or something. I forget. But I DM'd her and was like, you know, the fact that I worry about my phone camera so much definitely indicates to me that I'm a broken person. So if you don't care, like roll with that feeling. But you know, now that you're talking about it, I think it just comes down to not that I do care about my phone that bothers me. Like I do want my phone camera to be good. Sometimes I think like that's so... Um, 
like, I don't know, uh, I, uh, spoiled of me or like it's a silly worry or um, whatever. But I actually think what I'm really annoyed with or the thing that I worry about with my phone, with my computers, with all that stuff is maybe if it was all better, it would be less in my way. And I wouldn't worry about like, I can't get the thing open and I wanted to capture this stupid picture. And now it's not here. And now I feel silly for even trying. And like, why did I need this picture? You know, like you sort of get, um, there's such an emotional attachment to the way that we use this stuff. And it's so a part of our day-to-day lives that I kind of just want it all to be better, I think. And less, um, I don't want to have to think about it as much. And I do have to say, my iPhone is increasingly... I have to think about how I use it and the ways that I get around using it. Or if I have to use my iPad to get something done, I realize I can't. So I have to transfer the file through AirDrop to my laptop where I have to download a third party app and use those permissions. Like to what? Edit the podcast? Like that just seems really silly. I should be able to edit this podcast on my phone on the subway home and I can't do that on the iPhone. Well, I mean, actually, I'll give where I'll give Apple an advantage is like something like GarageBand, you know, on like it's not great on like the iPhone. I'll or, say it's better than yeah, but a lot, but it's not great. But it's better than what it's better than what's on Android. And I will I mean, say I saw the that's a, Photoshop version for iPad. That looks pretty good. Like like there are places where they excel, like there are third party apps that are really good. And like I will say that the, 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 the platforms are I mean, the iPhone's capable of being so much of a better platform, in my opinion. Um they just don't allow it to be like like it should be at this point. I should be able to ch- I should be able to choose a different mail app. Like they still penalize. Like this is the crazy thing about Apple. It's so fucking obnoxious. They penalize Gmail users. They've made it so that like you can't like and everybody I know is a Gmail user. I mean, who isn't? Like who isn't? It checks every fifteen minutes for email. It could check more often. I mean, and they make you use the third party app and then you can't get the expanded notification right. stuff. It's just a mess. And when you and when you get and when you get the link that's a mail to link, it opens up in Apple Mail and because it can't it won't let you choose. You know, to me it's like crazy. These are these are the new computing platforms. And you should be able to choose what fucking browser you use. I mean, I should be able to double tap the power button and instead of my Apple Pay coming up, which I never use unless it's on my Apple Watch and then only occasionally um, and have the camera pop up or whatever I want. Twitter should pop up like whatever I really want. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're they're very I think they're very crafty devices. I think that the OS is like has woefully fallen behind in many areas. But I think deep more deeply than that, the underlying architecture of how it functions, the underlying places it touches in terms of data has fallen woefully behind. And 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 yes, it's scary about the data stuff is scary, but also I would argue that the vast majority of Google users do not feel that they have been taken advantage of by Google or that their data has been misused. They feel that they are give, being given pretty valuable services that help them in a bunch of different ways. And like, I think Apple now has fallen back on its argument is like, they're not protecting your data. I mean, I, people in, on Twitter, their arguments to me were like, yeah, you can have a good phone or you can have your data protected. And it's like, I don't think that's the real choice. And also the fact that you've fallen in line with Apple's rhetoric, that that's the hill to die on now, that the new thing is about your privacy and your data and nothing else matters is an, is evidence. It like literally is evidence that they can't do the things that they need to do to be competitive in many, in many other places. And like that they are, that this is now becoming a mantra for that. This is becoming mantra for their users, for their hardcore, like fanboys and fangirls is like really telling. Yeah. 
you know it's pretty weird we need actually. a third way we need to bring back webOS I mean <laughs> well webOS is in so much of all of the of all of the, the stuff that we use now it's I mean it, yeah it was stripped for parts every time I look at the um iOS interface like whenever they update something I always think like like I guess people constantly talk about how Android and iOS keep borrowing from each other but all I think is like no they both stripped webOS for parts and like somewhere along the in history Verizon chose the droid instead of webOS and like in in that universe Hillary Clinton won uh, and then the other thing well, we should talk about Filmstruck because I saw a ton of people tweeting oh, about it today. rest in peace my sweet 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 okay so, child. I'm sorry I'm sorry I haven't heard I haven't heard people say shit about Filmstruck ever I think it was like a low-key hit not a single film struck mentioned in the TL, all right? And now today, everybody's like, I can't believe it. It's like, maybe you should have been a little more vocal about how great Filmstruck was. Maybe they should have put like, out an app I that I could put it on my TV. I had to watch Filmstruck from my phone. A, I'm trying to see what even was, yeah, they didn't have an Apple TV app or a uh, Roku I app I couldn't get it on my Xbox, my Chromecast, like, without doing the, like, right, let me see what, broadcast let me see what they had TV here. download stuttery bullshit. Like, there was no easy way to use it. Uh, honestly, like... Filmstruck was a great can I, I can library even, with a terrible service attached to it. I can't even look at their content now anymore. They've just they've just shuttered. I guess. I, I like. I want to know what what it was. What it was on Filmstruck. Nationalize Filmstruck. Nationalize MoviePass. Make these. What I don't think, remove the copyright from all of this and just let us like. I have an have idea. Netflix. Netflix should buy Filmstruck and just create a Filmstruck option within Netflix. Well, that's what Warner Brothers is going to do, right? Like Warner Brothers, AT and T is going to make their own. Oh, sure. Okay, then they're going to make they're going to make they're going to make a Netflix competitor. Great. Mm -hmm. So I can pay for Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, HBO, uh, Showtime, Directv, Directv now, HBO, Showtime. I don't know. Whatever. This is all bullshit. VRB. Apple uh, Apple starting a new service. They're starting a new service where nobody swears. Oh, God. I can't you believe. Know? Every time I hear and they're like, it's going to be free. I'm like, so the content is so bad you don't believe you could charge for it? Okay, know. cool. At any rate. At any rate, the point is, uh, Filmstruck was hot shit apparently for four people, and now they're mad that it's gone. Yeah. I'm mad that it's gone. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but it's I just feel like if you love something, no alternative to find a lot of those things without turning to piracy or like getting a Blu-ray or DVD transferred from my library, which I will forever ring the bell that libraries are important and we must protect them. If you love something, you've got to tell people about it. Yeah, that's my opinion. Which is a great segue. Well, do you have any nice things, or shall I go? You should. You should go first. I have some nice things, though. I already talked about it a little bit, but one of my nice things was Astrobot Rescue Mission, which if you have a PSVR is an easy, easy, easy recommendation. It is very fun and delightful and it played with my brain and I really like it. Um, if you don't have a PSVR, it's not a reason to buy one. Um, and then I watched the first three episodes of the new Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Um, I don't care for Riverdale, but I love Sabrina. So there's elements of the show that I'm not sure I like love, but Kieran and Shipka is a gift and any spooky teen adventures are, are, are welcome in my universe. I gotta watch it. Uh, I have two YouTube recommendations, two little things that I loved and watched. Um, one is just a quick 10 minute video that Wired did uh, with a former CIA chief explaining how spies use disguises and the ways that their, their, their um, philosophy of disguise uh, which was fascinating and is really telling about how we identify people and the ways that we um, interpret really nonverbal cues uh, to decide who is worth our attention or that we will remember. So if you're an American in Paris, there's just different ways to stand or hold a cigarette or like wear your hair that 
tell people like when you're on the subway, you can tell sometimes when someone's a tourist, um, the ways that they like game that in order to be invisible was super fascinating. So I would definitely click on that. I think they're doing a larger series um, called Masterminds uh, that I really liked. And I saw a video about it's called The Weird Origins of the Brave Little Toaster. And it was a deep dive into the original novel and then the movie, The Brave Little Toaster, and how it sort of... um, uh, foreshadowed everything that was going to come with Pixar and like that whole genre of entertainment. And it was super weird. And I was very sick and I was, I was super into it. Uh, the brave little toaster is really fucked up and also like weirdly queer and political and it makes no sense. So if you have any time or nostalgia for the brave little toaster, I would definitely say, go check that out. Uh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. I don't have anything that's nearly as good as that. Um, I'll say this. I don't know if I've talked about this. Uh, we've been we've been composting. Did I talk about this no, already? No, you've been composting? Have I talked about our – have I talked about – Laura started – so Laura has, has recently gotten really into um, uh, gardening. Mm. We did a lot of we did a lot of gardening this this summer, and Zelda seems very interested in it. And obviously, it's like very fascinating for her to see how plants grow and stuff. So we've been doing a lot of gardening, a lot of like tending to like little plants and growing stuff around the house. And um, Laura decided that we should start composting. We have some you know space here, so she got this like they sell this like plastic thing you set up somewhere outside. And so now, uh, so now like we're a composting house to some extent, um, and I'm kind of like it's I, it's kind of cool like. Every time I like crack an egg or I make a coffee or whatever, like I think about how I'm going to contribute to the health of our, of the, of the, of the wildlife in our home and around our house, which is kind of an interesting, you know, it's like the, the thing about recycling is it, it really abstracts you from the experience of what, like, you're like, yeah, I put the glass in the thing, but now I don't know, like, who knows? Maybe it just goes into a fucking dump mm-hmm. somewhere. Like, I, I assume they're doing something good with it, but you never know. This is like, it really is like it gets you one kind of just a little like a one toke closer to like living off the land. You know, you're like, I'm going to watch this thing have a direct contribution on the th- other things in my life, which is presumably how people used to feel all the time. Like when you'd kill the family cow to eat it or whatever, then you'd like make some blankets out of it or boots or i don't know what you do but you use all the cow i guess you know it's like a step and, beyond uh, cooking a level of I, like control and mastery over what's going into your body and how you're using your environment yeah well it's just a cool idea i mean think about it it's like well, we have a well like we have well water okay so so which sucks in a lot of ways like we were just talking about this. we have septic and well it's a huge pain in the ass but like it's cool in a way because it's like self-contained mm-hmm. like we're not part of like the water grid we have our own water yeah right that's pretty interesting. Like we're, so now we're composting and we're going to have like dirt and we're going to grow plants and we can grow plants that like we grew carrots and there's like little carrots in, in the ground, you know, like you can eat. We have a cherry tree and an apple tree. It's just like, okay, look, I've lived in cities my whole life and I don't live in one now. And now I think we're starting to like get into like living here. And the composting thing is like, I don't know. It's kind of exciting. It's kind of an interesting experience, and I recommend it for people if you can do it. There's apparently, by the way, it's also a way to do it where things don't absolutely reach. I didn't notice like, it. You have to be careful about what you. I put was in just there. your house this weekend. And I did not notice it, and that's why I was a little yeah. shocked that you were like, "I'm well, composting." Because anyone I've ever met who's composted, like you can tell, I couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah. So the thing about so the thing about it is like if you put the wrong shit in the compost, you put like there's like fats and stuff you can put in there that really fuck it up, uh-huh. and 
so you have to be really careful about what you put in there that it breaks down in the right way and that it chemically works with the other stuff. Well, look, we've talked about a lot of things. It's it's a dark week, I, and now I'm going to go play Red Dead Redemption too. And that's the that's important, the important thing. note to take away from this episode. Vote. I want you to. I hope that you. Feel, I hope that you. Yeah, and vote. Well, we're not. We're not. We're going to be. Are we going to be on the air before? Yeah, we're going to be on the air again before we for yeah. these votes. But uh, I want you to feel better. So please take care of yourself. I this will. Weekend. I'll be taking iron supplements and hydrating. I want the reader, however, or sorry, the listener, to get to get very ill this weekend <laughs> on on Molly. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I understand your family has been in a very small room with Ryan for several hours, and now they've all got the flu.